Welcome to the More Than Pizza podcast, where we exist to walk with parents in the discipleship of their kids and offer more than just pizza. All right, hey, welcome to the More Than Pizza podcast. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about why we need salvation. Um, And so it's a good topic. I think it's something that... Especially in the Bible Belt, we, I think there's a understanding of yeah, salvation church. It's a thing that is sort of in our culture. Maybe it's a not, church it, word. Yeah, it it's is. a church word For of sure. just salvation. It's something that is out there. But why do we truly need it? And so we're going to take a look at that uh, today. And so salvation means being saved. So, uh, guys, what are we saved from? I mean, ultimately, we're saved from God's wrath. We're saved from the distance that's been created from sin. We're saved from a lot of things, but ultimately, uh, I think we almost need to ask the question of what, instead of what are we saved from into what are we saved to? Because mm. uh, it's really about all that we're receiving uh, instead of what we're being saved from, although that is a huge aspect to it as well. We're saved because of the fall. Like going back to the beginning, like whenever Adam and Eve, God created the world be perfect. And um, whenever sin entered the world, the sin tainted everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And whenever we look at salvation, salvation had to come because sin entered the world. Yeah. And um, when you see that, like from beginning to the end, like throughout the entire Bible, you see sin is continually brought up because sin is why we needed salvation. What is sin? Sin is just looking at anything that is against a holy God. Mm-hmm. Um, every aspect that, um, or whenever you go through the Ten Commandments, you go through and see all of what God has commanded and that how humanity as a whole is not at all up to the standard that God put in place. Yeah. And sin is us failing that standard over and over and over again. And salvation is saying, God, or God saying, hey, I'm still here. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I've saved you from that. Look to me. Hmm. live your life focused on me yeah and <laughs> jb what you said about being saved from and to i think it's it's both i think a lot of times we we probably focus on the from what we're saved like we're right. saved from hell we're saved from god's wrath there okay. um and saved too i think it's both because like if i'm drowning and someone pulls me onto a boat that's on fire like they just really they didn't really save. They saved me from drowning, but now I'm going to burn to death. So, like, right. so there, there is a salvation doesn't leave us in a state of eternal peril. Like it, it saves us from that towards righteousness, towards uh, paradise uh, with God. So I, I think that's yeah. something that we need. Yeah, John three sixteen tells you. Yeah, perishing. He said he don't want you. He sent his own one and only Son so that you wouldn't perish, be eternally separated. Uh, from God, and I think the sin that we've been talking about just displays our need for a Savior. Um, and then after repentance and faith and trust in Jesus, um, the saved for, we start seeing it that we have life. You go from death to life, Ephesians tells us tells us that, and we see that we're fully satisfied in Him. Um, we're saved for holiness. Uh, be holy because I am holy. We're saved to be uh, salt and light in the world, and um, and then we're on mission. Every day to be a disciple that makes disciples. So yeah, we're we're saved from those things, but we're also saved to all of those things as well. And uh, it's so important uh, that we 
uh, talk about salvation and uh, really appreciate salvation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in that vein, if people were to hear that or hear us talk about that and say, well, how do you get to that point? Or how do you know, how do you put it in the framework of being saved to something and not just saved from something? Well, look at Genesis 1 through 3. When you look at the context of the fall of man, which has affected all of us, and that is what has brought sin into the world and has infected everyone being born right now at this second, is infected with the fall of man and sin in our lives. When you look at Genesis 1 and the beginning of Genesis 2, what God had created was perfect. Mm -hmm. And so when sin came and, and caused the separation, the separation took us away from what God had created for his people to dwell with him in perfect unison. And so, yeah, like we are saved to something because we're being saved back to God's original creation and and purpose and plan for his people. And so even Genesis 1 through 3, the way it's laid out, Adam and Eve have been created to and for something, but the consequence of sin has pushed them away and sent them towards a different direction. So it is a saving from, but to go back to what God has originally intended and created. Yeah, well, go, and, go ahead, Jacob. Because God didn't design us to disobey Him, to blaspheme Him, to reject Him. No, God designed us to what? To worship Him you know, for His glory and, and so for our good. And so for you know, being safe from sin and to, um, and to God is that we um, were receiving Him. But again, God's original design was for us to live a life glorifying Him. And so and that's what, again, with one through three, we see the fall taking place, and that's what separates us. You know, as it was pointed out in Genesis 1 through 3, talking about the perfect uh, aspect of what God had created, if we look back, what did God do with Adam and Eve? He walked with them. Daily, He came down and walked with them and stayed with them and grew in a relationship. Salvation is more than just walking in and saying, yes, God, I want to be saved and I want to go to heaven. It's a relationship with Him to grow with God deeper in that relationship. And I know that's going to be another topic for another day because we could spend hours on that, but we don't need to think of salvation as, oh, it's a one-time thing, I'm done, I've got a ticket to go to heaven now. It's a growing relationship. That's a very good point is like salvation, like I've always heard it said, like you're saved, then after you're saved, or you enter salvation, then you're saved, and then you're ultimately saved at um, your death when you finally meet Jesus face to face. And it's a whole lifelong discipleship process, which is that salvation aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Salvation, like once you're saved, you have been saved, you are being saved, and then you will be saved. Yeah. but yeah, so that is a good transition point of, all right, so we've said a lot of, we've said several other churchy words of fall, like, hmm. okay, what is that? Like, why, what did that do? Why did that cause that separation? Why couldn't, why couldn't the, why couldn't Adam eat the apple and then God just It doesn't say that it's an apple. The fruit, whatever. Thank you. The, your face. Why didn't, um... <laughs> Why didn't, why couldn't Adam just eat it and then everything continue on? So the fall occurred because God had given Adam direct command to not eat of one tree, that he could have uh, fruit 
and eat off of any other tree, but the day that you do this, you're going to see that there is evil and you're going to understand that things that you do are wrong. We see once they ate off of the tree, they became ashamed because why? They were naked. They realized that what was going on. I think it shows that God created the world with intention and with purpose and with structure. That is, we can't just look at the creation story and say, well, God just did this or it just happened. No, like because there was consequences, because there were standards, because there was rules, if we want to use that word, because that was there, it shows that God created with intention, but none of it was forced. Nothing was forceful in God's creation. And so I think the way you worded that, why couldn't Adam just eat of the fruit and nothing happened? Well, because God created with purpose and he created a standard and they broke the standard. And so there was also a communicated consequence. Like God didn't just in the moment say, oh, well, I guess I'll kick them out and I guess I'll separate them. You know, No, like it was a communicated consequence and they chose to. Which even on that exact same note, in Romans 6.23, it says, for the wages of sin is death. When they ate of the fruit, the fall was they will ultimately die. Yeah. And death was never an aspect before um, Adam and Eve ate of the fruit. Um, they would have lived eternally forever and ever and ever in the garden. But whenever they committed that first sin, sin brought forth the consequence that JB brought up, which is death for, for humanity. And so whenever you look at the fall, the fall is ultimately we all die. Um, and whenever you look at death, like it's always kind of this mystical, scary thing because nobody knows what it is. But ultimately, whenever you're born, everybody lives forever. And the fall is that first death. But whenever you have salvation, salvation is so the eternity is spent with God forever and ever and ever. Whereas if you go through um, death and you don't ever accept salvation in your human, human life, then your eternal um, resting place is forever separated from God, which is the ultimate fall away from everything that God was trying to save us from. I recently heard an analogy of salvation, and it said a lot of people say that salvation is like being stranded in the ocean and floating and treading water, and then all of a sudden someone comes and throws out a life preserve, and you grab it, and then they pull you to the boat and you're saved. That's not really what the gospel communicates. What the gospel communicates is that you are at the bottom of the ocean, dead, lifeless, not breathing. And God, out of his love and his grace and his mercy, sends his son into the waters to come after you, to, to save you, to bring you to real life, bring you to life. And so it kind of changes your approach to the gospel and, and your approach to salvation we think, hey, this isn't just like saving me from some potential dangers. We are dead. I mean, mm -hmm. Paul said it a lot. We are dead in our trespasses. Like, we are dead. Salvation brings us life. So how... So, yeah, this, that's what the fall did. It caused a separation. It caused, uh, it caused death. So how do we get this salvation? How do we um, come to... And I, one thing I want to uh, talk about is in, in this salvation, and in when we look at Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve, they were naked and they were shameful and they made coverings. Uh, they made the coverings. 
God, before he sent them out, made them coverings, and he used animal skin. So when you were talking about death earlier, uh, no, the first death um, was the covering of, the, of Adam and Eve. And so that is even foreshadowing of that God had to provide the thing that covered sin. Mm-hmm. He had to provide the thing that covered them, and something had to die. Yep. Yep. And so for us today, the thing that covers our sin was provided by God, which was his son. Mm-hmm. And it, it, he died, by, and his blood was shed to cover us. And so how we get salvation is through faith and repentance. Like it, it's, that's, it, that's what salvation is. It, it's, if you confess with your mouth that Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so having faith in, in God, in the covering that he provided, the blood of his own son, that opens our eyes to our shame, that opens the eyes to our sin and our rebellion, then comes re, the repentance of that. And that is going to be a lifelong thing. Salvation happens at faith. Repentance, or another church word, sanctification, like we said earlier, will be the rest of our lives. Um, sanctification is will never come before faith. Again, we live in the Bible Belt, and I think in church we have gotten really good at raising good citizens. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kids that, hey, they make straight A's, they're not stealing school buses, they're not... Um, they're not well, they know the church answer. They yeah. can they can answer That's the right. Sunday school question. Yeah, and, and you know we think well, they're not breaking laws. They're 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 okay. They're good citizens. It's like the first episode where JB said like it's a, sometimes we just get the textbook answers. Mm-hmm. We well, can answer it, but there's no application to it of understanding how this truly works in life. But understand the true knowledge of it. Yeah, and I, I, salvation goes further than just being a good citizen. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we look at the outward appearance of our students or our own children and say, okay, well, they're good. They're not doing all of this stuff. And we think that that is proof of their salvation when there wasn't, there's not any faith. Mm-hmm. And so it's important for us as parents to have these conversations with our kids mm-hmm. about why do you do what you do? And we're actually going to talk about that in our next episode of training of a child. Yeah. Um, and, and so come back and listen to that one. I think it's a good point, too, to not skim over because I think we do it a lot in the church. Adam and Eve made their own coverings, and they were inadequate. Yeah, They, they did work. not serve the purpose. We cannot do anything to save ourselves. Mm-hmm. Salvation is not something that we have to clean up for, that we have to try to be a better person. It's all through Christ and His sacrifice for us. Uh, his bloodshed to make atonement for our sins. And we also can't hide from it. Mm-hmm. You know, before they tried to make their own coverings, they just tried to hide from it. And we can't hide from it. And I know this, it sounds really heavy, but at the end of the day, it is like this. We're talking about eternal life. We're talking about eternity. It's a heavy topic. And when we talk about parenting and discipling our students, we do have to get to a point where we're not just creating good citizens, but we are saying, hey, are you heartbroken over your sin? Not to just sweep sin under the rug. Yes, there's grace, there's mercy, and there's forgiveness. And it is so good. I'm so thankful for it. But there's also repentance. There's also a turning from and to walk in, in the way that God has called us. One of my favorite 
verses in all of Scripture is in Psalm 139 at the very end after it's talked about all these incredible things that God has done and how He has created and how He has planned and how He has led or just set the stage for what our lives look like. At the end of Psalm 139 and verses 23 and 24, it says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. Mm. Like, it, it, it's, it's a full shift to say, I want to be heartbroken over my sin. I want to fight against and remove my sin so that sanctification has taken its, its toll on me and my life begins to look more like Christ closer and closer to the day before we see Him. And so, like, parents, you have to help your kids see that sin is a big deal. Yes, forgiveness is also right behind it and is just as big of a deal. But your sin is a big deal. You need to face that and repent from it. Okay. Um, another place to add to what you just said, JB, is in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Being made right means you're right from salvation. And are you still going to sin? Yes, because you're not made perfect whenever you are brought or whenever you're saved. But you are called to follow after Christ in righteousness. And being made right is being made righteous. It's another churchy word, which means being made, like mending a relationship with God that was broken at the fall. And whenever you're looking at, as a parent, like training up a child and helping them see how living does matter, living what they, their decisions matter, is their decisions lead people around them to Christ. Um, there's always that saying is share the gospel at all times and when necessary use words, but the gospel has to be proclaimed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You ha- can't yeah. <laughs> just live your life as a good moral individual. Yeah, I hear sure. that quote all the time. Mm-hmm. And the guy originally said it, his name was Francis of Assisi. Mm-hmm. And like, he was just a sissy. Like, no, tell people about Jesus. Like, yes, live a life according to the gospel. But man, it. it says over and over and over again, preach. Paul even said, like, how are people going to know if no one preaches? So, like, that means just, nah, it gets on my nerves. I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, next thing I want us uh, to discuss, and we'll start wrapping it up, is when salva- there is a, a prosperity gospel out there in the world, in the Western church in America, that says, like, if you come to salvation, the easy life has just hit. It is now, you're going to get the car, you're going to get the money, you're going to get the jobs, you're going to get the wife, you're going to get the all, no, all the stuff that you want if you just come to God. Paul would laugh at that. Yeah, that's contrary to the gospel. Like we see in Timothy, uh, first and second Timothy, where Paul's like, hey, come suffer with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Join me in the mm-hmm. suffering of that's Christ. Right. And how awesome is it? Mm-hmm. And so I think... And there's joy in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, James tells us about joy and suffering. Yeah, and so I think... There is this idea of where there, there's two ideas that are happening. Uh, some people think that salvation is just there's no need for it. That I, I'm I'm my fig leaves are good enough, right? And we just start talked about no, they're not. Or people will come to a false sense of salvation based on their success, or they will look for Christ in idols. And none of, none of those things work. And so really when salvation comes, that's when you get on the enemy's hit list, right? And so there's this idea of, okay, yes, 
we are headed to eternal damnation. We are headed to um, uh, God's wrath for all eternity without His Son. Salvation enters into the picture. We get out of eternal fire into a hard life, especially if we have, if we are preaching the gospel, if we are making it a point to go and tell people life will come at us. But as we said, there's joy in that. Fulfilling our purpose mm. is joyful. It, it is good. And so I just want to ask you guys, is salvation worth it? You know, Paul teaches us in Romans 12 that we are to be different from the world. We're to be set apart from the world. And Paul is writing to the church at Rome right here. And if you look at the background of what's going on, uh, Nero is persecuting Christians. Um, he's throwing them in the Colosseum to just get killed, to get destroyed. Um, he's using them as lanterns at night by lighting them on fire. And Paul is saying, you're to be different. You're to live this Christian life, even though this is going on. Is it worth it? Yes, because as it was stated before, we are dead without Christ, and we live in Him no matter what happens, we are going to spend eternity with him, and that is so much better than the other option. I think it's uh, definitely uh, worth it just because, like we've already talked about, when we looked at Scripture and how it's reliable and how God's Word tells us um, that it's going to be worth it um, as we're walking his plans and not our own plans. Um, but I'm going to let Paul answer this question, mm -hmm. um, not me. Uh, because I think in Ephesians chapter 1, um, when Paul brings this out, he talks about God's rich blessings. Um, and he found, talks about how it's found in Christ. And so he says, Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ, for He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before Him. He predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for Himself according to His good pleasure and will to the praise of His glorious grace and he's, that He lavished on us in the Beloved One. And then I'm just going to read a few more. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness mm -hmm. of our trespasses according to His riches of His grace that He richly poured out on us in all wisdom and understanding. And so whenever you read through that, you'll see the word in Him, mm -hmm. in Him, yeah. and how rich we are in Christ no matter mm -hmm. what we walk through. We can't control the circumstances around us. That's right. Uh, but when we rest in the fact that we have um, salvation in Him um, and that we have joy in Him, it doesn't matter uh, what goes on around us because God um, um, reminds us through Scripture and through the Holy Spirit in us uh, that, uh, that you're in me and that's all that matters. You're, you're covered under the blood of Christ. And I think that's a great passage as families. Um, to whenever you're walking through some circumstances, go to Ephesians chapter 1 and look at those uh, first few verses there and just remind yourself of your rich blessing that's found in Christ. Um, and I think families can sit around and, uh, and, and talk about that and uh, memorize it. I mm -hmm. think it would be a great, great scripture memory to put in your, your mind and heart uh, just to remind yourself how rich we are in Christ. So yes, it's very, very worth it. And talking about moments for the family, I think one thing that you could practice as a family is to worship together. Mm -hmm. Like, even if you're not singing out loud, because I know some people don't have a lot of confidence in their singing voice, and some people shouldn't have confidence in their singing voice. But even if you're not singing it out loud, even just listening to worship music mm -hmm. together as a family 
could transcend your moments together. And there's a song by Phil Wickham called Hymn of Heaven, which I love. Uh, just the wording of it and the way that it talks about what the moment will be when we're there and we'll join all the generations and we'll, we'll sing together. In verse 2 it says, And every prayer we prayed in desperation, the songs of faith we sang through doubt and fear, in the end, we'll see that it was worth it when he returns to wipe away our tears. It's just a reminder of it will be worth it when we, we're living for something beyond this. We're living for something beyond this earth, this world, and it will be worth it because we will be in the full presence and dwell with the Father for eternity. Uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's an amazing, amazing time just to talk about salvation. Um, and so as we kind of close this, we want to kind of help parents uh, walk through uh, some things as, as well as a home. We want to uh, make this podcast um, where you can carry it into your home and have some questions uh, to talk about. And some of those are, um, parents, have you ever told your kids your testimony? Mm. I think it would be a great time just to sit around and share what uh, salvation, when that happened, and just talk about what your life looked like before yeah. Christ mm -hmm. and when Christ uh, changed and transformed your life and what does it look like now? And so parents, we want to encourage you to talk about that. Students, what is a verse of passage that is currently a part of your life that you've always enjoyed? And so just talk about those passages because here's what those passages can do is that whenever a parent, if I heard my kid talk to me about a passage, now I can pray um, over my kid That's that right. passage mm -hmm. and take that scripture um, as well. And then spend some time this week talking to your family about your faith and find a way uh, this week to serve. Look for ways that you can serve as a family and um, so that a watching world around sees that salvation is worth it and they're drawn to Jesus. And that's what we want to see uh, through this is that people are drawn to Jesus by how we live our life um, in Him. And so we want to thank uh, you for joining us on the podcast today. Um, look forward uh, to continuing this and seeing what God does through this.